Hello and welcome to Grace Life Duras. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Hello friends, it's wonderful sitting down with you once again and sharing with you truth about God's word as we dig into this series called Fearless. We are on, I think it's part three by now, and it's been super exciting to be sharing with you the wonderful truth of God's word. And we really hope and expect that through this series, you will experience more and more of the reality of your Christian faith as you step out boldly and fearlessly on the promise of God and on the identity that you have now as a Christian. We also trust and believe that in this series, if you've not made your decision about Jesus as Christ and Lord yet, that this will be an opportunity for you to hear the truth and for your heart to be convinced so that you too may be filled with his precious spirit and may live above fear. Um, so let's start with prayer. Grab your, well, before we pray, pause, grab your Bible, grab something to drink, and then we will get right into it. So Father, we just want to thank you for your goodness, for your provision. We just want to thank you for who you are. You are a good God. You are holy, you are perfect. And thank you that as we enter into this space where we sit and we receive from you, that we can expect to receive life. We can expect to receive revelation. We can expect to receive your goodness because of who you are and because of how you move in our hearts. Father, we thank you for this. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are bringing new, fresh, food to our souls so that we may be reminded who we are and who you are and also what you have done for us through your precious, precious, precious salvation. Amen. Wonderful. Okay, so today we're going to speak again about how to live above fear. We're calling it fearless. And we really want to see results. I'm not teaching this so that you can get another teaching and another way of explaining something through intellect. The reason why I sat down and, and really worked on this so hard is really because I believe that if we can break free from the limits of fear, and if we can see fear for what it really is, that it is not from God, but that it is something designed as a deception to hold you back from the calling of God in your life in every area, then if you can see it for what it is, you will start breaking free. And in the series, I hope that we've used a few good examples to explain this very well. And I will continue to do that with the fearless series is a fearless challenge. And every week we give you a challenge that you can go into the week with and start taking these spiritual truths and make it practical. I've been practicing it myself since starting the fearless series, and I've been really encouraged to already see just how I'm reacting different to certain situations. And that is really powerful. So I want to encourage you that if this is maybe scriptures you've heard before, if this is things you've heard before, for, but you're not walking in the freedom of that to open your heart, open your ears, open your soul's um, thinking about these things and really 
press into what God has for us in this time because he wants us to walk in freedom and he wants us to walk as children of God on the earth, which is completely different from just living a normal um, life. So we started with the first part was all about what is the antidote to fear. We discovered its perfect love according to scripture. We also defined that better for everyone. Then we looked at the root of fear and we saw that the root of all fear, any fear there is, can be traced directly back to either believing lack, that you lack something, that you are not good enough or that you do not have enough, or that or the second thing is not believing the goodness of God. These are the roots of all forms of fear. And today, I want to speak to you a bit about results of living above fear. You see, the scriptures declare in Proverbs and in Isaiah that there is a boldness that comes when we live above fear. Proverbs 28 verse 1 says that the righteous shall be bold as lions, you know. Isaiah 54, we're going to look at it in more detail, also says that you can be established in righteousness and you will be far from oppression and far from terror. And we're going to go into that one a bit deeper in this series. But I want you to know that if we really, really will take God's word and and really go for it, I believe that you can see real results in your life, not just your spiritual walk with God, but in your life and in your capacity and ability to live as an ambassador for Christ, to see more people come into the kingdom of, of light instead of staying in the kingdom of darkness around you, and also to fulfill the purpose that God has in your life with great power and great effectiveness. So let's get into it. The reality is that you can live above fear. We are trained and programmed to think that fear is a natural good part of your life. It is not. It is not from God. Okay? Fear and all forms of fear, whether that's emotional, physical, relational, personal, um, there's so many of it. It can be, it can manifest in different ways. For example, you could think uh, very little of yourself. That's a form of fear. You could think very much of yourself. That's a form of fear. You could think, um, you could have relational issues where you are scared of people, like what people will think. And you maybe don't think you're scared of it, but you are constantly aware of what are people thinking? What are people doing? Um, you can have fear of success. Um, you can have fear of failure. Um, you can have uh, emotional fears and there's also real physical fears where you might be scared of heights. You might be scared of walking into your destiny and you don't realize it until you start looking that actually that thing that's holding you back, the root of it is that you either believe you're not good enough, you don't have enough, or God is not good enough. And um, that's really the root. So how do we get over it? Is first to see it for what it is. If we can see it for what it really, really is, then we can start disconnecting from it or disengaging. So I want you to imagine right now, um, uh, uh, what do you call it in English? A train. If you uh, just imagine with me a train. And the train is a very, very powerful thing. A train has a very powerful engine and it can go very, very far as long as it has fuel, the fuel that whatever that train uses. If you So think of the old-fashioned trains. That's what I'm thinking of. Now, if you look at a train, that train engine has a purpose. It is designed for something. It is designed to hook little um, cars or let's say carriers for this example, carriers behind it. So it might be carrying people. It might be carrying stuff. It might be carrying animals. 
uh, coal, sand, whatever you want to imagine. So imagine there's this train with great capacity and it is pulling all these crates or carriers. I'm just going to call it carriers to simplify it. What happens to us in our life is that we are like those engines, that train engine. And then through life, through experience and through us just living in this broken world where fear is the reality of, of the world, those crates, those carriers get connected onto our engines. And it starts to become the natural part of our life. But do you know that if a train wants to change its carriers, all it needs to do is disconnect. It simply needs to disconnect to the one it has and connect to the one it wants. Now, it is the same. I like this word disengage. It is the same way with us and fear. That crate, that carrier, although it is good, although it has a good function, is never the train. And this is so important to remember when it comes to fears, whatever fear, it might be insecurity, it might be whatever it is, whatever you're facing right now, you must first start to identify that this is not who you are. These crates, these carriers of fear have been added and hooked onto you. You are the train engine and you can choose to disengage and disconnect. There is something to do. I'm not going to tell you there's nothing to do. There is. That's why we have the fearless challenge at the, e at the end of each of these teachings. However, if you are working with God in this, you can totally be free from fear, whether it be emotional, physical, relational, personal, whatever it might be, you can walk above and live above from it because Jesus is our example of someone who did. So, Think, hold that example in your mind as we speak through this today. So let's start by also just looking at Jesus. You know that Jesus is our prototype. What do I mean when I say prototype? He's the first to show us what it is like to be a new creation. Okay. He is our reality because he is not dead. He was dead, but now he is alive. When we look to him, we look at the perfect standard and we look at the prototype. And in him, we identify who we really are because he is our example of the new creation life. Jesus never reacted or acted out of fear. He was tempted to fear. He experienced everything we experienced. However, he never connected that carrier of fear or that cart of fear onto his identity. He always saw it as something to be ruled over and something to conquer. And we see that especially in um, Hebrews 2. Um, you might think, oh, Jesus has never faced your kind of situation, your kind of things that's bringing you great fear, you know, and anxiety. And, you know, fear can cause a lot of physical problems as well. But Jesus has really faced it all. The worst of all fears known to mankind is the fear of death. Now, death doesn't just need to be physical death. You die and that's it. The fear of man is any form of death. So any form where we, for example, you can experience death in your relationship with a friend, where there is um, disagreement or where you are scared of losing a friend. That's a form of death. Form of deaths can be sickness and disease. It can be the fact that a physical fear paralyzes you from doing work that you need to do. Um, all those kind of things. And so what we need to realize is that Jesus has faced the biggest fear and conquered it. 
Hebrews 2 tells us what it is. In Hebrews 2, verse 14, the writer says to us that, Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself, that's Jesus, likewise also also partook of the same, that through death he might render powerless him, the devil, who had the power of death, that is, the devil, okay, and might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. Great news, you are not a slave. You do not need to be the subject as as a slave of fear. You are, that's not who you are. Christ has redeemed you. If Christ conquered death, removing its power, okay, rending it, rendering him powerless, you can do the same. You can walk in that victory that Jesus has secured for you as a born-again believer. There is no form of fear that he has not encountered and conquered. So our answers to overcoming fear lies in our identity in Christ. Very Listen very careful. Our, our answers to overcoming fears lies in our ability to awaken to the reality that we are complete in Christ. That we are righteous, not because of works, but because of the gift of righteousness that is given to us through Jesus Christ. So let's look what the Isaiah, the prophet, says about this. If we go to Isaiah, there's so many scriptures about this topic, but we're going to just focus on a few. Isaiah 54, look at this. Isaiah 54, verse 14 to 15. In righteousness you will be established, you will be far from oppression, for you will not fear, and from terror, for it will not come near you. Sorry, just verse 14, it will not come near you. This is a promise that Isaiah is giving to those who would live after the cross. These are the people who would receive salvation through righteousness given as a gift. And that is what Jesus came to do us. He made us right by his work. What does righteousness mean? It's not a word we use a lot anymore, but to be established in righteousness. Righteousness is a God-like attribute. It is to stand right, not just before God, but also among other people. It is to treat, it has the idea in scripture that we treat each other as the created images of God on the earth. It is a gift of God and it is based on our faith in His way of making us right, which is salvation, which is given to us through Jesus Christ. It is not based on our works. We can never, ever be right with God based on our works. It is completely impossible. In fact, this righteousness in Psalms 82, it actually shows us that the world was established on this righteousness, the very righteousness of God. And that is really powerful and incredible to think that we as believers we have been established in righteousness. What happens if you're established in righteousness? This is what the scripture promises. You will be far from oppression. Do you know that oppression means unjust gain or exhortation? This is incredible. So if you are far from oppression because of your righteousness, then that means nothing can oppress you. 
If nothing can appraise God and Jesus, nothing can appraise you. You might have grown up believing that you can be appraised by the devil or you can be appraised by situations. You can be appraised by things that's going on around you. I need you to know right now, this is so encouraging. You cannot be appraised because if you have God's kind of righteousness, then you walk above it. It is far from you because it is no longer part of your identity. Okay, you know, the second thing it says here is that for you will not fear. You will not fear when you know that you are right before God. When you know that that righteousness before God is not based on your good works, although good works is important, but you know your righteousness is firmly established on the finished work of Jesus and that he has become righteousness for you. Now you become bold as lions. And it says there, you will not fear. What shall you fear when you and God are in good relationship with each other? When you can boldly and confidently know that this righteousness has not just secured for you eternal salvation, but it has also secured for you a walk on the earth, a life on the earth that looks like a life of victory and power, where you can see results because of what you believe. Okay? Isn't that powerful? Now, terror, it says there, it finishes that um, verse, finishes with by saying, and from terror so you will not fear and you will be far from terror for it will not come near you wow what does that word terror mean it means ruin to be dismayed disillusion or even breaking you know sometimes it might feel like we are ruined it might feel like we are broken and i know worship leaders try to sing good songs but how we are beautifully broken but to be honest with you that is completely not the scriptural idea of who we are as believers This scripture says that you will be far from it. It will not come near you. Being ruined, being broken, being disillusioned and dismayed is not part of the life, the inner life of the believer. How incredibly powerful is that? You know, fear is really, really can take hold of you in ways that people can do things that they would have never imagined. Because when we allow fear into our heart, it opens the door for oppression and it opens the door for terror. It opens so many doors for destruction and and living far below what God really has for us. So we really need to get it into our heart that we must start to believe and really know that we are right. We stand right before God not because of our great works, but because of his great work through Jesus, our Savior. We must believe it. You know, the prophets were speaking about what God had in store for us who believe. And it was radical, and it still is radical, to live above fear, to decide that I'm going to disconnect or... um Disconnect completely from fear, disengage with fear means it's going to be some effort. But you know what? In the end, your life, your inward life will look radical and that will radically transform your outward life. Okay, look at what the New Testament writers write to us to encourage us with the same truth. In 2 Timothy, now we know um, that this is written to a leader, to Timothy, This is what is promised or said to Timothy 1 verse 7. 
For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, some translation says fear, but of power and love and discipline. Some translations say sound mind. That's because of the Greek word used there. So let's go through it slowly. This is saying, God is saying, you do not have a spirit of timidity or fear. That word, the original use there, refers to timidity, fearfulness, and cowardice. Do you want to be that? Timid, fear, coward? You know, that is what the world is like. Whether you see these great millionaires, billionaires out there accomplishing um, incredible things in their lives, you know, and they can. The truth is, if they don't have Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they still have the spirit of fear. They can still be moved by fear. But the reality is, as a believer, you have the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. That's who you are. That is who you are. Not the fear that you're facing. Not the fear that you may have grown up all your life. I used to be scared of basically everything. Fear was my biggest enemy. Now, my biggest enemy is just seeing fear for what it really is. It is not true. It is not real. My greatest battle now is now to focus on and really get this into my heart that I am who God says I am. I have a spirit of power and love and discipline. And it's been awesome to be on this journey. I've seen so many, many things transformed in my life. I've seen results, but I'm trusting God for even more. Why not go for it, you know? And so I want you to to say this in your heart, my identity is that I am righteous. And if my identity is that I'm righteous, I, then I do not have a spirit of fear. Fear might come knocking on the door of my heart, but I do not need to let it in. No, instead, I have a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind or discipline. I want you to imagine I have two bottles in my hand. The one is empty and the one is full. The one that is empty, if you take that bottle and you compare it to the other bottle, plastic bottles, you will see they are the same plastic bottles. They are made of exactly the same things. The only thing that's different, the one is full, the one is not. When you are not filled with God's Spirit, so you've not decided to make Jesus your Lord, so He couldn't come and fill you yet, although He wants to, when you live outside of relationship with Jesus, who opens the way to relationship with the Father, then you are like that plastic empty bottle. The moment I put pressure on you, the moment fear comes knocking on your door, it will completely collapse into itself like a plastic bottle and it makes a horrible noise, okay? This is the way when we are not filled, when we don't know who we are in Christ. You see, but that full bottle and this is a broken example, but that filled bottle, you could put pressure on it and pressure on it. It will not just easily collapse or fold into itself. Why? Because it is filled. Now imagine how much more when we have the everlasting, eternal spirit of God living inside of us, flowing his life through us and in us by the power of God. Wow. Let's look at those words as we quickly wrap up. The word for power, for love, and for sound mind, discipline, self-control. So let's look at power. That word there that is used or translated means to have strength, God's kind of strength, and the ability for miracle power. 
It can also refer to the ability to have finances, to make finances, because we know scripture says don't be lazy, and the ability for moral excellence. Wow, that is who you are when you are a believer. You have a spirit of power, which means you have God's strength and God's ability, God's miracle-working power, His ability to create finances, and moral excellence, keeping moral excellence inside of you. That is not something you are trying to get. That is who you are. Wow, that, if you just focus on that, that will already start to eliminate and you will already start to disconnect from the many fears you might be facing. Secondly, the second word we have is the word love, which is the akabe love. I say it wrong, I'm sure, but that's the word. And that is referring in scripture, not just to normal brotherly love, and it's not um, sexual love like between married people, but this is actually referring to the kind of self-sacrificing love that God demonstrates through how he loves his people, through sending Jesus so that we may be saved. So Jesus gives up his life on the cross and God raises him from the dead to show us this is what the power of love does. It is a power to forgive. It is a power to render the forces of the devil powerless against those who are loved. I love what it says in 1 John 4 verse 18. There is no fear in love. For perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. Wow. What is he saying? If you know the love, the true, this agape, the self-sacrificial kind of love of God, you are set up for a life above fear, for a life above limits. Look at what Jesus did. He transformed the world, not just with his message, but with his death, his resurrection, and his ascension, and pouring out his spirit so we may be filled. What an incredible thing to realize. That same love resides in you today when you are a believer. You can love like that. And then the last word we've got there is the word for discipline, uh, translated as discipline. It can also be translated as sound mind. It means the same thing. Self-control, a moderation. Or I love the root of this word. The root of this Greek word is that to restore one to his senses. Whoa. Don't you sometimes feel like, I just need to restore that person to their senses? Just, yes. Well, sometimes you need to be restored to your senses. I've experienced that where I might be really focusing on something or I'm getting distracted with thoughts of a problem I might be facing and fear starts creeping in, starts to become part of my picture in a way. And then suddenly I realize, oh no, this is not the meditation of God. This is not the meditation of the heavenlies. This is not, I'm not applying scripture when it says that think upon the things which are above, not on the things which are on earth. And then I'm restored to my senses. It's like the Holy Spirit gives me a slap (laughs) in a good way, restoring me to my senses. That is the spirit that is inside of me. The spirit of moderation, self-control, discipline, sound-mindedness. You know, this morning, I've got such a lot of work to do this week. You might be facing the same thing. I was like, where do I even start? And I realized I immediately drew from that scripture in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 that says, I have a sound mind. And I reminded myself, 
you have a sound mind. There might be lots of things flying your way right now. But if God can run the universe, take care of all his people and take care of the unbelievers and do all of this, I think I'm going to be okay <laughs> with a little to-do list that I have compared to God. And if his spirit who can run all of that is living inside of me, then all I need to do is draw from him and his sound mindedness. You know, so what is our fearless challenge for the week? Well, write it down if you can. I want you to make some notes. First of all, I want you to make it a daily habit of connecting to the reality of the righteousness you have as a gift. Every day before you wake up, as you wake up, before you put your feet on the ground or before you go to your normal routine, say with your mouth, say, I am righteous as a gift. God has gifted his righteousness to me. And ask yourself, do I feel righteous? And meditate on that until it becomes part of not just your head knowledge, but your heart knowledge. Yes, I allow myself to feel right with God because that is who I am. That is what Jesus came to give me. Praise God for that gift. You know, then recognize or ask the Lord to show you where you are still responding in areas of lack, where you see lack, or where you're responding outside of God's goodness to a situation. I realize as we practice this, this question might only work after something has happened, but try to just ask the Lord any case, like, Father, where is it in what situations that I'm facing right now that I'm looking at it through the eyes of lack and fear outside of the goodness of God instead of looking at it through the eyes of God who has given me the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind and who has established me above fear. Then start picturing the reality of what your life looks like when you can respond from a position of being above fear. See yourself reacting and responding as Jesus would, living above fear. And I really want to encourage you, it sounds simple, but meditate on this. See yourself doing it. See yourself entering more into his rest. See yourself acting more in wisdom. See yourself without fear. See yourself fulfilling the call of God on your life and what it looks like and feel it so that it becomes part of your meditation in your heart, not just in your head. Take the scriptures we were speaking about, meditate on it until you can feel it, until it becomes you. That's why I use just a few scripture. I keep it simple. Meditate on those scriptures. Pray in the Spirit. If you have, are a born-again believer, you can pray in the Spirit. It is so powerful for renewing the mind. And lastly, just start walking it out. Take big steps, take small steps, whatever steps needs to be taken daily to start walking out who you really are by faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.co. And if you're ever in the Duras area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website www.gracelife.ca.